House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. An author of a book called Just Stop, and it's a brief guide to rational thought for modern conspiracy theorists. And uh, that's Ross Elder. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Ross, uh, interesting you wrote this book. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit who is Ross Elder so that we kind of have an idea of, of uh, where you're coming from. Uh, well, um, I started writing essentially um, when I was in the military. I, I wrote for Soldier of Fortune magazine for a number of years and uh, decided to start writing for other publications and online outlets and things like that, and then started my own website. I come from a, a varied background, really. Um, military, I was an investigator uh, in the civilian world as well as in the military, and I used to train investigators and interrogators, and so my um, my love of research and investigation is kind of what led me to a lot of the things that are found on my website. Um, as far as conspiracy theories are concerned, um, I've written eight books, and Just Stop is sometimes accused of not being a book because it's so brief, but I tell you it's brief right on the cover. So, yeah. um, But uh, it, it's, it's fun. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek. You know, it's not really meant to be an academic work of any kind. But uh, that's pretty much me. Uh, since retired from the military and now work in the civilian world and I still write now and then and I actually also make handmade custom hats the same way they were made in the 1800s which is kind of a niche sort of thing yeah oh interesting uh, how did it, what, what made you decide to get into conspiracy theories like both on your site and uh, yeah, and even in the brief book it was if I can be honest, it was pretty much all the idiocy I was exposed to on a daily basis. Um, I, I have a, a wide variety of contacts around the world, and I kept seeing things popping up on their social media and that just threw up a bunch of red flags for me. And as I, I would talk to them about them, and pretty much they would reject the reality um, and, you know, in... Um, would prefer to, you know, the, the confirmation bias essentially is what was driving a lot of it. They wanted to believe it. They wanted to believe that the person it was about would actually do that even though they didn't. So even after you told them it wasn't true and showed them the evidence, it was still, well, this is still something they would have done anyway. So I'm not taking it down. And so I, I sort of, you know, latched onto that and decided that I would just publicly humiliate people <laughs> <laughs> and how's that going <laughs> I, I have a lot fewer friends now which is nice because my feed on my social media is a lot less cluttered but it, it all started with the um, the first conspiracy theory article I posted on my website was about Terrence Geeky uh, who was uh, uh, involved it was the, the Oklahoma City bombing and I kept seeing all these strange conspiracies about it, so I just started doing research myself, and I posted an article. And 
you know, the hate mail just started rolling in, um, you know, because people want to believe these things. And, and it's, it concerns me to a large degree because they don't, it, when you talk to them and you get down to the nitty gritty of it, a lot of them don't care whether it's true or not. They just want to help convince other people of their point of view, even if they're knowingly and willingly using false information, which led me to a lot of other websites and media figures who were doing the same things. And that's why it just sort of, it went from discussing minor conspiracy theories here and there that were on the, you know, that were on the fringes of the internet to, you know, wow, this person has a 5 million viewership on his YouTube channel and he's, spouting things that are absolutely false. And so, you know, he's impacting that many lives. And so I branched out and started looking into a lot of other things. So you're talking about Alex Jones. <laughs> that would be one, yes. Alex Jones, my arch nemesis. Have you had a uh, run Alex with Jones. Him? I have not, but he did post a video once um, that everyone said was about me but he didn't mention me by name. So, um, yeah, he knows I'm out there, and I've, I've been a thorn in his side for a number of years now. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Uh, so how does this affect you with your family and stuff like that and friends? Have you come across people that have sort of been on conspiracies that they don't believe you? I have a few friends who are like that. We've been able to maintain friendships. You know, we haven't parted ways because of it. But, um, you know, occasionally I sit down and have a heart-to-heart with them and show them how it isn't true. And sometimes they they turn around. There there are a couple of people who are contacts on my social media who still tell people that I I turned them around because they were going down the rabbit hole. And... um, I was able to show them the light in some way and help them get out of it, and now they're fairly normal people who are well-adjusted. So I've been pretty pretty looking forward to uh, chatting with you. So let me tell you one thing that happened today. There was a study released, and it said that it, it followed a class where they taught college students how to think critically. And what they found at the end of the class was that beliefs in pseudoscience nonsense stuff went down about 50% so that when they when they taught people not what to think but how to think and how to evaluate right. claims better all of a sudden a lot of this a lot of these things that are sort of you know nonsense claims uh, they just didn't buy into it anymore so i mean is that somewhere where we need to go do we need to start teaching people critical thinking in a way that we haven't done in the past Absolutely, and that seems to be one of the main topics that we discuss when I do talk to people about these sort of things is that people aren't taught how to think critically or how to analyze anything. They're they're pretty much, you know, they're little computer brains. It's garbage in, garbage out, and whatever they're concentrating on, whatever they're feeding it with, they just tend to believe it. And it it may be improving now because of all all of the uh, media attention on conspiracies and, you know, the the Russia thing and and all of that, which was something that I broke, in fact, in 2015. Um, I did an entire series of articles on Russian active measures and how they were manipulating the media and manipulating the voting populace here in the United States. And everyone ignored it um, because at that time, 
nobody cared about the Russians. You know, and then suddenly, two years later, every news outlet on the planet was writing articles about it, none of which gave me any credit. You know, but uh, I'm not bitter about it or anything like that um, at all. Uh, I even wrote a book about it called Patriot Deception. Um, I wrote a novel uh, a couple of years back, and uh, it kind of goes through how they did it. It's, it's kind of an action thriller kind of spy thing, but it goes through the process of how they manipulate people. And a lot of it happens because people are not critical thinkers. They're not taught how to think. They're taught what to think. And you hear that um, used a lot when people are talking about higher education today. Um, they're, they're in, it's more indoctrination than teaching you how to think about things and figure them out for yourself. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I, I'm not a, an analysis you know, person for higher education. I don't analyze those things, but... That's why you hear it so often. So what I tend to find in surveys is that higher levels of education tend to be correlated with less uh, belief in conspiracy theories. But but believe me, you, um, there are no shortages of conspiracy theorists on college campuses, whether it's in the faculty or on the or in the student body. I mean, I teach a class myself on conspiracy theories, and I find. When you get to the end of the class, a lot of students actually wind up giving up many of their conspiracy theories because they just realize that it's it's just based on nothing other than it sounded cool and there was one or two little bits of evidence that sounded convincing at right. the time. But once you start to think through it, it becomes a lot of these things just devolve into nonsense. Yeah, and it's because they don't they don't know where to look for the information. Is a lot of it they don't know the subject matter. So they hear somebody um, like, uh, let's talk about the Engineers for Truth, the 9-11 Engineers for Truth group. Oh, we have 1,400 engineers and we're all in agreement that 9-11 was an inside job. Well, none of them are architectural engineers, construction engineers, or explosive engineers. They're like sound engineers from radio stations and things like that. Well, yeah, you're, you're an engineer, but you don't know how to build a building or bring one down at all. So why are you even having this conversation? You know, but they put the little name at the end, you know, this person's an engineer. And if people aren't curious enough to want to get to the, to the actual truth, they're not going to research that and find that out. Um, you know, that, um, how off the guy's name? How big something or other with a whole? Yeah, um, that guy has all sorts of you know letters and you know stuff after his name, and they're all absolutely meaningless because they're things he bought on the internet. He's not an expert in any of those subjects at all, but because he has those those letters after his name, people just assume he knows what he's talking about, and that's that's part of the problem. Is they go, well, this doctor is saying that. You know, vaccines cause autism. So, okay, but is that person an actual doctor, or are they one of those holistic medicine? You know, I sell essential oils kind of doctors. You know, they don't understand the source of the information. Yeah. So one thing I've always noticed when people say to me, you know, what about all the engineers and architects for truth? I say, well, you know, they've got a thousand or fifteen hundred pe people, but there's you know more than a million engineers and architects in the in the US alone. So right. even this group is a tiny, tiny portion 
um, of the total number of engineers. And that's before you even get to the, you know, what kind of engineer are they and would they even know right. what they're talking about here. Um, I, one thing I want to I, I want to bring up here, and and so Chapman University has done a repeated survey on um, paranormal and conspiracy beliefs, and I, I want to share some of the results with you, and then get your response. So okay. they've asked these questions three years in a in a row, and what they're finding in every question, the beliefs are going up. So, for example, I'll give you this one: um, when asked, can fortune tellers and psychics foresee the future? Um, in 2016, you had 14% of Americans saying yes. It's gone up to 17%. So not a major increase, but you still got 17% of Americans saying that, you know, fortune telling and psychic powers are a real thing. Um, and there are much bigger numbers with other ones. So if you say, are there things like the ancient lost city of Atlantis? That, that's coming in at around 57%. And it's gone up 17% in the last three years. I mean, so there's a lot of, you know, unsupported beliefs out there that seem to be held by majorities of people. Um, what can we do? I mean, I, I guess, you know, the title of your book sort of says it, just stop and think for a minute. But, you know, what sort of tools do people need to have more specifically? Well, the other thing they need to do is make the History Channel start showing actual history again. <laughs> um, that might help a little bit. Um, but Or make them watch a documentary about the amazing Randy, if they ever think a psychic is uh, you know, a real thing. I guess the other uh, thing, too, they can make the Animal Planet show shows about real animals rather than Bigfoots yes. and mermaids. Yeah, mermaids and Bigfoot. It, it's ridiculous. and it, The people are inundated with this stuff day in and day out. And I think a lot of the, the more paranormal um, um, skewed where people are, are going off into that realm probably has something to do with um, a, a diminishing of traditional religious belief in the world. You know, as we become more evolved and, you know, we're supposedly more intelligent and things like that, we're, we're starting to... Um, a lot of people from my generation started to reject traditional religion and religious belief um, and, you know, took on these new age beliefs that essentially are the same thing. They just changed the names of some of the stuff and it's essentially the same thing. But then they raised their kids, you know, oh, we're not going to go to church and say a Hail Mary, but if you burn this incense in your room, it'll clean the bad spirit out. <laughs> you know, so that that might have... You know, some impact on that part of the survey is because I, I honestly believe that people want to believe something, but then there's also a rebellious nature of people where they want to reject things that they're told to believe. And mm -hmm. so I think the human mind is sort of has a predisposition to to be manipulated in those sorts of ways. Um, but to get away from it, I think people have to. Be more careful of what they watch, what they read, because if if it's all that you're feeding your brain with, eventually you're just going to fall victim to it. Yeah, I, you know there are a lot of other things that that Americans seem to be infatuated with, like haunted houses is is a more a majority yeah. belief. Uh, Bigfoot, they've never found a Bigfoot. Twenty percent, one in five yeah. Americans believe in it. Aliens have come to Earth. 35%, yeah. so one in three. Um, and, you know, in 
we would not prove any other contention with the sort of evidence that people bring forward for this stuff. Um, but yeah. somehow these lower standards of evidence seem to seem to work when it comes to these sorts of things. Um, what can we teach people about evaluating evidence that they could that they could do it better? Well, the the first thing you have to do is consider the source. The second thing you have to do is do all of the research that source claimed to have done yourself. And everybody does it, everybody paraphrases. And this is one of the things that um, Russia did in their active measures during 2015-2016 was they would post an article and or they would take an article that was posted somewhere else. I'll use that as an example instead. And they manipulate the text only using the parts that support their point of view and leave off everything else. Now, and then they post it. And then for 10 years, InfoWars and Prison Planet and Above Top Secret and a bunch of other places told people that the mainstream media was the devil and they were traitors and it was all propaganda and you should stop listening to it. Well, what happened is they went to RT, so Russia Today, or they went to news from outside of the United States, which was kind of dominated by China, Russia, Iran. And you think you, and they just assumed they were getting reliable sources from those, you know, from those outlets. And they're not getting the whole story, but then U.S. outlets would take that information and post it and then spread it. And then Russia Today would delete their article. So once it got spread, it would look like it came from a U.S. source. And if you did any amount of research, most of the conspiracy theories that I dealt with on my website, the amount of research that went into it was literally 10 or 15 minutes. That's it. Because they were that easy to debunk. But if people see it coming from a news outlet, they just assume that every word of it is, you know, the truth and the whole truth. And very seldom is it ever the whole truth. So I, I tried to teach people to look for the whole truth instead of just the headline or the sub, you know, the subtitle on something and dig into that so that you understood the entire story, not just the little piece that somebody wanted you to, to know because it supported their their you know opinion on something mm. so google is your friend yeah <laughs> well i think google's got i think a lot of the things online have gotten better i mean i remember um you know you, you could google something vaccines and, and you would get a lot of anti-vax stuff and now some of that has been cleaned up so that you know the anti-vax things aren't your first websites coming up right on these searches right. and i think you know, YouTube has changed some things, particularly with vaccinations and, and whatnot. Um, so things are getting better in terms of the information environment. Um, it's just one line that I always hate that people say is they say, oh, you know, conspiracy theorists will, will tell people, go out and do your own research. And, and I my response to that is don't, is that there are a lot of things that, you know, most people aren't, 
you know, specialized enough to do their own research in, and they really should listen to the to the source experts on something. Like, don't go do your own research on astrophysics. You know, go talk to an astrophysicist. Right. You know, right. don't you know? It, and people apply this already in their life in certain ways, right? You wouldn't say, well. Right. Oh, you got to install some plumbing. Go do your own research. No, go hire a plumber. <laughs> right now, so, yeah, and, and I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm not being very detailed in that because I, I should explain when I say go do your own research. I'm talking about academic research, not looking for news articles on something, mm-hmm. especially if it's something complex. You go Google the subject matter and find a peer-reviewed paper on such and such. You know, subject and study it. What the experts said in a peer review process. You know, because you, you you're right. If you get on there and, and Google, you know, anything, nine eleven inside job. The first thing that is going to pop up is going to be a bunch of propaganda, a bunch of conspiracy websites, and things like mm-hmm. that, and info wars all over the place. Um, you have to weed through that to get to the actual investigative documents that show the results and the findings of a legitimate investigation um, and study that. You have to skip over all the chaff and and get to the core of the issue. Uh, yeah, because one thing that's sort of interesting is that the people who disagree with the 9-11 report never read it. And, right. You know, and, and so, you know, knowing they're not going to read it, I'll tell a lot of 9-11 truthers and say, well, you know, read the... Uh, the debunking 9/11 myths by by popular mechanics. No, I yeah, won't read that. That's great, prop- that's, that that's propaganda. Art. So there's really nothing you can give some people that they're going to read that because they don't want to have their mind changed. Sometimes, I mean, um, yeah, they get married to these beliefs, and, and some people are never going to give them up. But yeah, it's the same thing with the Mueller report. Everybody on the planet is talking about the Mueller report, and like five people actually read it. <laughs> so, and, but that, but that's on both sides of the aisle. I mean, look, before the thing came out, you know, politicians were coming out telling you what was in it, but they hadn't read it either. Mm. So, if you if if you're prone to being influenced by personalities or positions simply because of a position somebody holds, then you're kind of screwed. So what can we do? I mean, if you were to say, here's what needs to happen, you know, whether it's in early childhood education or or at a later level, I mean, you know, what are sort of the bullet points that have to happen um, in order to create perhaps people who are going to believe better stuff? Well, one of the things that I did with with my children uh, when they were teenagers and they suddenly were exposed to a lot of these things was the first thing I would ask them is, why do you believe that? And make them explain to me how they came to this conclusion. And in general, it would come up with, you know, they would come up with, well, I saw it on the Internet or I was reading this article on the Internet from Above Top Secret. And... I would walk them through, okay, well, let's look at the actual incident, the actual case. If it was something legal, you know, we would get on and search and find it and read through the the actual investigative data that's there, which would say something completely different. And that's the first thing that people need to do is even ask yourself, why do I believe that? 
and in general, it's just going to be because somebody else told them, or you know, instead of discovering it for themselves. Um, so, teaching people to think critically, it, it starts. It has to start at an early age because it's really hard to turn them around when they're in their thirties, and because they're they're going to resist all of that. But if you can if you can catch it in the formative stage of the you know when their brain is still developing and they you see them start to go down these weird paths you can walk them back and have them you know figure it out for themselves show them the error in their thinking or that all oh, this part of the evidence is missing you know but it's over here you know it's all right there in the in the book but the person who's telling you about the book is only taking this one paragraph out of it which you know Hello, Bible. I do that all the time. Um, so, but teaching someone to be actually become an investigator, investigator and researcher is a little more difficult. That takes time. You have to teach them, you know, actual technique, and a lot of it is tedious work that nobody really likes doing. I did it for years, but I still didn't actually enjoy it. It was the end result that was enjoyable, but. Um, you could get, you know, uh, some books on investigative techniques and proper research, and that would be a good start because then, you know, stop looking at everything at face value because almost nothing is as it seems in today's world. So the Internet, is it a positive or a negative? You know, I once said that the Internet could have been, could have been, the greatest invention of humankind. Um, it's people argue whether it is or not. It actually, I think it's had the greatest impact on humankind in the last century. But whether that impact was positive or not is very debatable. Um, and it, it, but I, I have this thin line I have to walk because I'm a very pro-constitution guy. I'm a very pro-freedom of speech guy. I don't agree with people being banned from different platforms because people disagree with what they have to say. That's just not the America I was raised in, where you know I'm the child of the '60s and grew up in the '70s, and you know we were taught, look, people are marching and you know getting beaten with sticks and hit with fire hoses right now because they want to make sure they have the rights that they're entitled to under our constitution and so yeah they're privately owned platforms like facebook and twitter and they can do whatever they want but i don't really agree with even alex jones even though it doesn't matter how much i dislike him or how many times i've debunked virtually everything he's ever said on the air um he has a right to put his voice out there so it, it's i'm very much on the fence about whether or not i think the internet is very bad for our kids and unfortunately, a lot of adults who don't understand the Internet and that everything on there isn't true. But um, it, it could have been so useful to humankind, and we've turned it into cat videos and, you know, <laughs> ancient aliens and yeah. stuff. Well, hold on, I'll show you what I had for dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, let's take a picture of your eggs, Benedict, and your cat. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, let's talk about ancient aliens and stuff. Yeah, I just, I just wonder. But you know, uh, I agree with the free speech. But when you have people um, that are going out of their way to create 
fake th- fake stories you know like when you right. when you say okay well the, you know that that shooting never happened at Paltz nightclub or columbine or in paris right that it's fake and then you you put that out there yeah. when you actually create a lie i mean yeah you freedom of speech but where where do we draw the line you know is that like f- yelling fire in a movie theater that i just yeah. you know it's kind of a a thin line yeah that's that's the big question and um i'm far too low on the totem pole to <laughs> have any impact on any of that but I mean, I do agree with you, and there are a large number of people out there who are intentionally creating fake things, and you have to wonder how many millions of people are they, you know, impacting, because before the Internet, everyone knew an idiot, okay? Everybody knows one. But that idiot and his opinions were maybe going to impact five or six people, and most of those people are just going to know he's an idiot and they shouldn't be listening to him. But now that same idiot can have an audience of 200 million people on the internet. People who don't know him, have no idea who he is, don't know that he's actually an idiot, but he's putting things on the internet and now he can reach millions of people. Then even if a tenth of them buy into his garbage that he's spouting, you're having a negative impact on the world. And so I, I really, really have an issue with the Internet. I tried to keep my kids off the Internet as long as possible, but oh, um, it doesn't yeah. work because everything. They have to have the Internet for school now. So, yeah. Yeah. Good you luck. know, oh, bring a Chromebook. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> You're going to have to move somewhere in Idaho and <laughs> right and hide. Yep, and, you know, or, you know, we're Amish country down here in this part of Ohio. That would, that would be the ultimate for me. But, you know, the kids are never going to go for that. So I, 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 I'm a little bit long on the Internet. I never see the Internet itself as a problem. I mean, to me, people are the problem. And they've existed long before right. the Internet. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, there was nonsense and conspiracy theories and all sorts of goofy beliefs long before, you know, the Internet had, had shown up. And I'm not convinced at this point that it's gotten worse. And, in fact, there isn't really strong evidence that it's gotten worse. I mean, you can say anecdotally that, you know, nonsense can travel faster and farther, but, I mean, the, the levels of people believing stupid stuff across most things um, is sort of fairly stable. And it's just, to me, it's something that's that's, you know, we need better software patches on our hardware you know, inside our brains to make us think better, and we haven't gotten we haven't gotten to that point yet. And I think maybe, you know, noticing what's going on in the internet shouldn't make us fix the internet. It should make us fix each other. And I hope that's what happens yeah. in the next few years. Yeah, that I mean, humans are always the problem, and I think a lot of it. Um, I don't know if it would be academically or professionally, however you wanted to alter it but even the people who write the headlines for articles that you find on the internet the headlines are always incredibly misleading Mm. or they don't actually convey the content of that article at all once you get into the meat of the article and I as far as journalistic standards I don't really know if any exist anymore because 
you can call yourself a journalist and just get online and, well, you know, look at me. I built a website and I post articles on it. I'm a journalist now. But not really. I don't have a journalism degree. I didn't get any sort of formal training or anything. But anybody can be a journalist. And it seems like the standards for hiring journalists, even at the traditional outlet, has dropped pretty low. Um, so we can't even get them to write an honest headline for an article because it's all about clicks now. Well, I'll give you a good example of this that's sort of bothering me this week, is that you have all these articles coming out in the Washington Post and the New York Times and other places all about UFOs. And, right. and it's written in a way to make it sound like, you know, there's aliens flying around. Like Washington Post headline, May 28th, 2019, UFOs exist and everyone needs to adjust to that fact. Right. I mean, it makes yeah. it sound like there's aliens floating around in the sky. Sure. And th there's no such thing. <laughs> no. And, and, and really all they're it, saying is people saw things and they don't know what they are. Well, so what? Right. Yeah. And I've uh, my first conspiracy that I ever looked in because it interested me was UFOs. And that was back in the days before the Internet. I was a kid growing up, you know, watching. I lived across the street, literally across the street from an Air Force base. And so I saw things flying in the sky day and night. And there were a few times I saw things that I had never seen before and I had no explanation for. And, of course, my dad would tease me and say that those were the aliens. Watch out, you know, because they'll come and get you. And, you know, he was just teasing me. But I, it made me fascinated by this thing, by watching things fly around in the sky. And I spent years reading books and looking at different things. And then as my life experience changed, um, for instance, being old enough to understand what I was seeing in the sky next door to that Air Force base, and then going into the military myself and being exposed to even perhaps some classified programs that other people didn't know about. And then I had explanations, like um, the stealth fighter, the F-117. In the 1970s, most of your UFO sightings turned into triangular-shaped craft, triangular or batwing-shaped craft. Mm -hmm. And that's because the F-117 and the the B-2 Spirit were being developed during the 1970s. The F-117 started flying and entered the inventory in 1977, and people don't understand that. So it was a full 20 years later before anybody knew the thing existed. And typically when the government lets you know some of their secret programs exist, that means they've already replaced them probably two or three generations ago. Hmm. So we've been flying experimental craft since the 40s and the the whole flying saucer craze the the sighting that launched the term flying saucer they were horton flying wings that were flying in formation and that's a known fact the air force verified all of that this was a flight of horton flying wings that were experimental aircraft and a guy saw them from a distance didn't know what they were so look it's aliens and it's i have yet to see a video that I can't explain of a UFO. Some of them are obvious fakes. Some of them are, are obviously, you know, graphic artists getting a little carried away. But one of the funniest was, uh, and this was a few years ago, somebody showed something that looked like a, a soup can floating in the sky. And it was obviously spinning because of the, the you know, shimmering of the shell of the thing. And it flew up and it flew sideways and came back and then it went back down. And this 
it was in the age of the internet, but it was about 10 years ago, and it went everywhere. Look at this thing, this guy videotapes. Well, we don't know what it is. It must be aliens. But NASA released a video that same week showing this soup can-shaped object that they were experimenting with back when they were trying to develop recoverable launch technology. You know, boosters that would fly up and launch a satellite and then land themselves and come back down, just like the Dragon, you know, and stuff is doing today. NASA was experimenting, and it was a video taken of a, you know, outside of a, a test bed where NASA was flying this thing. But even though NASA released a video of it the same week, the NASA video had like, I don't know, 20 views, and the one that was posted on the, you know, Hey Look UFOs website had a million views. So it, it was very easy to find out what it was, but nobody went to the trouble. Yeah, people people prefer the alien stuff to the to the real stuff. Yeah, um, I've seen things flying in the sky, um, and you know I'm not going to say too much. But when I was in Afghanistan, I saw things flying in the sky. One of which, if you do the research, the government tells you does not exist at all. <laughs> and the other one, they won't mention because you know I don't know what you saw, but that's not us even though obviously it is because nobody's flying in the skies in Afghanistan other than us yeah. without being shot down. So, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's really, really advanced technology and it's something that I'm sure they didn't intend for me to see. Um, it was outside of my realm, but, um, it's obviously something based on current technology, but more advanced than that. And it's probably an unmanned sort of thing. Um, well, Joe, but it's but, not a, it, it's, it's not an alien. <laughs> no, no, not an alien. I'm pretty sure if I could see it, so could the air defense people. So I'm assuming if it was an alien or something we didn't know was supposed to be there, there would have been all sorts of chaos going on. Well, it's sort of funny because a lot of the language that we use around this, you know, like unidentified flying object, should say, okay, we don't know what it is, full stop. Or experimental right. aircraft. Like every aircraft is experimental until they start mass producing it, right? But you think, oh, experimental, right. it must have alien technology. So people <laughs> yeah. are sort of trained to hear, you know, words that should be normal and just say, you know, it's not necessarily of another planet, but they think, oh, it's, it's an alien thing. Um, but yeah, that's where the culture is, I think. Device. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the culture is. It just leads people to these conclusions. So you know, like the Washington Post and New York Times know exactly what they're doing when they put UFO in a headline. They okay. know they're saying yeah. alien, and that's why they the government started using a different acronym now. Um, it's a what is it UAP, unknown aerial phenomenon. <laughs> that doesn't sound UFO. better. <laughs> it doesn't sound better, but it's it's different than UFO and. People don't understand, and I don't know why, because I knew this as a child, that UFO simply means it's unidentified by the observer. It doesn't mean anybody else doesn't know what it is. Yeah. And it doesn't mean if you call you know, the local Air Force base and say, hey, I see this giant cigar-shaped thing over here. I don't know what it is. It must be aliens. They're going to go, oh, okay, we'll look into that. Because they know what it is, but yeah. they're not going to tell you. They're not going to say, oh, no, that's this giant Zeppelin we've been working on in the middle of the night that you weren't supposed to see. <laughs> so, you know. I heard a new one yesterday on an interview, USO. 
The underwater one? Yeah, the unidentified um, yeah. submerged ob- object or yes. something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that term's been out for a while because there was um, there was a sighting, uh, I'm not going to remember the details, but I believe it was a, a U.S. Navy vessel that um, some of the sailors on there um, had a sighting of something they claimed came out of the water and then flew away, um, <laughs> which could actually not be an alien, but with technology that we actually have today, that, that sort of vehicle is possible. If you can launch a rocket, you know, a, a nuclear missile out of a submarine, you can launch something else. So, yeah. Yeah. Pe- but people don't put those, you know, those things together. They're not two and two together. doesn't work. Oh, we can launch an intercontinental ballistic missile off of a submarine underwater, but we couldn't possibly launch a UAV or something out of one. That's absurd, you know. And they've become real scientists now. Ufologists. Right. <laughs> yes. Cryptozoologists. They sound like they're, they've been to university. Yeah, I don't know where you get those, you know, those titles, because I would like to have one. But I will tell you <laughs> that um, MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, yeah. um, they have a, there's a fairly local branch office here. Um, and I was bored, you know, and I, I had some free time after I got out of the military and then I only had two jobs instead of three. So, um, I was like, you know, that would be fun. They, I, there was an advertisement, you know, become a MUFON investigator. So I went through their process. I sent in an application. I sent in all my, you know, my documentation of my training experience and investigations and research and um, working with classified projects in the military and everything, and I never heard anything from them because they don't want someone like me to work for them. They want somebody who believes. They want, you know, they want Fox Mulder working for MUFON because me, they're going to go, hey, look at this video. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a UAV. I saw the same thing five years ago. You know, they don't want me working for MUFON, and I was a little disappointed because I thought it would be fun. Mm. Yeah, I I think that it's it's they've obviously just what they want to promote um, what's going on, right? Yeah, move on. Yeah, you you know you have to sell books and videos and things. You can't do that if you're debunking everything. Mm. Yeah, you'd be a sore sore throat. Yeah, it'd be no good. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, wouldn't make any money. No. You know, and Joe Joe knows it all. He works for the government. He's I don't make any money either. No. <laughs> he's he's I, a shill. He I gets just, he gets money from the government. He's really CIA. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good work if you can get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so now, what's your website so that people can um, look you up if they don't know you? Uh, it's my website that covers a lot of the conspiracy stuff is ross-elder.com, like ross-elder.com. Um, that's where the bulk of that stuff is found. Um, all of my books are on Amazon's. Um, that's the only conspiracy-related book that's actually a nonfiction book that I wrote. I, uh, my other books are more action-adventure type stuff. But... Uh, that's that's where it can all be found, and that's where um, all my research on the what I called the Patriot Deception, which was the manipulation of the 
patriot community in the United States by Russia and Iran and China um, is all on there as well. And those articles were actually presented at an intelligence conference to all the heads of the intelligence communities here in the United States a couple of years ago. And uh, I still didn't get any credit. So. Mm. Must be <laughs> I, I think that's the only conspiracy I can confirm is that nobody wanted to talk to me in 2015, 2016. But if you go on Twitter now, people are talking about me now and have been for the last year or so because people have discovered all that. And they're like, wait a minute, this guy talked about this four years ago. I'm like, yeah, where were you people four years ago when I could have sold some books? Yeah, <laughs> is that it, what do you what do you, is that the biggest conspiracy going right now? Is about uh, patriotism and uh, Russia? Well, that, that seems to be the one everybody wants to talk about now, but they're talking about it in the wrong context because what people are saying went on isn't what actually went on, and Russia is an old hand at active measures and propaganda and manipulating populations. They've been doing it for decades. Um, as a matter of fact, there's probably more than a million people in Africa who are dead because of Russian active measures and propaganda. Because when Western aid organizations were going to Africa and helping treat people who had HIV and AIDS and offering them you know, help and treatments and things like that, the Russians um, started spreading news articles, fake news, which I think is a term I coined years ago, actually, <laughs> but um, that the Western aid agencies were actually infecting people with it instead of helping, you know, try to find a cure or give, give them a treatment. The Russians actually spread the propaganda that, that these Western aid agencies were infecting people with it intentionally um, trying to reduce the population in Africa. And so people stopped going to the aid agencies. And the same thing happened just a couple of years ago with the Ebola outbreaks. People wouldn't go to the aid agencies because of the conspiracy theories that they had been exposed to that made them believe that people were being given Ebola in these clinics instead of being given treatment. And so, um, and I forget the name of the operation. The Russians actually had a name for this operation that they conducted in Africa with the AIDS. Um, epidemic that was going on over there and um, probably easily a million people lost their lives because of that and it was all just Russia trying to to be the foil against you know the West to prevent the West from being seen as the savior who was going to come in and help people and um, they still do it they've been doing it for decades they're always going to do it well, they yeah, had help they, from a lot yeah. of uh, they had help from a lot of elites in Africa too. I mean, you had people over there in positions of authority saying, you know, don't get yeah. the medicine, get get massage yeah. and vitamins instead. And right. um, so there's a lot of you know a lot of important people who should know better bought into this stuff and then spread it to yeah. everybody. Yeah, and it, the same thing happens here. You know, how many politicians could we ask you know right now who believe vaccines are going to kill their children. Uh, there's got to be at least one or two congressmen up there who believe that, since you had one who thought Guam was going to flip over if you put too many Marines on it. <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to assume that if there are idiots of that magnitude in Washington, D.C., somebody in Congress believes that vaccines are causing autism. 
Oh, well, they, so, Michelle Bachman, who ran for president a few years ago, she went into a, a presidential debate and said that the HPV yeah. vaccine made people, quote, retarded. And, and that's wow. insane. That is kind of insane. She's an idiot. So there you have it. That's the only evidence you need that that woman is an idiot and should never be in a position of power. And I'm sure probably, you know, I don't know, we're not getting the best and brightest from, and maybe the position doesn't pay well enough. I don't know. If we paid them a million dollars a year, maybe we'd get a higher caliber candidate. That's a possibility. And in the grand scheme of things, that's not that much since we're, I don't know, we're only like a hundred trillion dollars in debt or something. So, you know, what's another $465 million a year? Who cares? But I don't, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know how these people get elected because virtually every politician I see get up and talk in front of a TV camera. The first words out of my mouth are, idiot. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, certainly it. Well, again, it's been a, it's been a really good conversation, and um, I'll have your yeah, folks up on the website as well as your website, so... Our listeners can just click right on it. Um, Again, our guest has been Rod Elder. Just stop. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It was fun. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.